Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by Will Carafello, Senior Director of Social Media for the best team in baseball, the New York Mets. Will, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. This is great. So tell me about your journey. You know, how did you first get into marketing, social media, the creative field? And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, I had um, uh, probably, I'm probably no different than, you know, a lot of people in the sense that I um, was not a very good high school student. Um, and then when it, yeah, when it came time to apply for college, I realized I wasted four years of my life. So I ended up going to a community school, uh, which was the best move for me, you know, got a chance to, you know, kind of, you know, get a clean slate and realize, oh, shoot, you know, like, here's a real good opportunity for me to get things together. So, you know, spent two years at a community college, switched over to Seton Hall, um, and then just set my goals very simple of, I'm going to leave here in two years and, and have a job in sports. Um, you know, I thought obviously there was a potential at some point of me playing professional sports, but uh, a little short to play basketball, not strong enough to play football, just um, was not given the, the, the necessary um, the DNA. <laughs> yeah, skills to, to do it. So I um, had to find, it, find my way in another way. And I, I went to Seton Hall University um, in South Orange, and they have a really good sports management program. Um, and my, literally my first um, semester there, that was my only goal. I'm, got my resume together there was a job fair on campus and luckily madison square garden was there and there was no one there because i was not dressed appropriately to uh, speak to humans so um was just uh fortunate it was a dropbox so i was able to uh to drop my resume off and then fortunate to get a call back and um uh had a phone interview was a little too salesy in my my phone interview and they said you would be great for our group sales department and oh, i immediately no. started to backtrack and i was like oh, that's not what i want to do but you know, I was like, you know what, this is Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity. I, I, I should check it out. Uh, went on the interview, was very fortunate to get the internship. Um, and uh, unlike many internships, um, uh, which is usually about a semester, uh, I was fortunate enough to make it 16 months long. Um, you know, Seton Hall probably is going to be looking for some money if they hear this, but uh, uh, with the creative uh, uh, signing up for a class, dropping it beforehand, um, but I just, I loved it. It was such a great opportunity, um, you know, to be at the world's most famous arena that early in my career was just unbelievable. Stayed there for 16 months. Um, you know, the unfortunate part for me was uh, um, after uh, graduate or my, in going into my final semester, um, my dream of becoming a Madison Square Garden uh, group sales rep was crushed because they were on a hiring freeze. So I had to look at some other opportunities. So uh, in that final semester, I did everything under the sun. Um, took an internship with the then uh, Metro Stars, um, you know, just banging on the phones. It wasn't wasn't the great greatest thing in the world, but just another opportunity to get myself out there and just started to look for other opportunities. Right. Uh, but while I was at the Garden, I took full advantage of it. Um, you know, when I when I was done with what I had to do, uh, I made sure that I, um, I, I I traveled around. I literally went to every department and started knocking on doors and saying. Hey, you know, can I help you with anything? I'm, I'm done for the day. Uh, and I worked, um, you know, games. I worked, uh, I worked for the Knicks. I worked for the Rangers. I worked for the Liberty. I did events. Um, anyone who would, would let me do anything, I just figured, hey, this is my opportunity to soak it all up and, and get that experience uh, and did so. Wow. So fortunate, um, you know, to really get a full, full experience. And, and plus being there for over a year, I got to know a lot of people. I got to see how things were, were done. Um, you know, the unfortunate part is obviously upon graduation, um, you know, had to look elsewhere. And I highly recommend for people who are looking for a job in sports, you do 
the complete opposite of what I did. I sent out one resume. It was to the Newark Bears, minor league, unaffiliated minor league baseball team. Right. Uh, and unfortunately for me, I got the job. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a very humbling experience going from you know the world's most famous arena to unaffiliated minor league baseball. So um, you could have you at know, least it, gone to the Cyclones or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> actually, they didn't even exist at the time, unfortunately, oh, yeah. from my age. But yeah, um, you know, so it was as someone who grew up in New Jersey, as someone who appreciates the history um you know with that team um you know it, it was a great opportunity for me I, I don't regret it at the time it rained every day so pulling the tarp on and off the field um but again from an experience standpoint you can't beat minor league baseball you do everything you know you you sit in on meetings where you're trying to sell you know big time sponsorships uh, you're counting out vendors at the end of the night you're doing everything so from an experience standpoint it was great at the time I probably would have done anything else in the world um, right. there. So uh, fortunate. Um, and this is like when I go and speak back at high schools or colleges, this is my big, like my big line here. But um, you know, I was fortunate. I got a call from uh, the person who I worked for over at Madison square garden while I was still at the bears. And uh, you know, she had mentioned that there was an opportunity there a marketing position entry level. You know, I, I did such a good job while I was, um, you know, they're getting paid $25 a day as a stipend. Um, could only imagine what, what I'd get myself into if I was actually getting paid for it. So, right. um, you know, went on the interview, was fortunate enough to get the job. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of like, I, I'm super fortunate in that fact that, um, and, and I always say this is in the class, I'm like, you know, we've all heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. I'll take that one step further. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. Um, you know, that's I was true. fortunate that I made an impact with someone that, she got on the phone and said, Hey, apply for this job. Uh, again, fortunate enough, I was able to get it. And even too, when I went on the interview, the person I went on the interview with, you know, remembered me from being there, said I had helped out with some of the projects they had around the holiday festival and some other stuff that, you know, they couldn't even get their intern to, to, you know, stuff bags and do kind of the, the intern grunt work. Um, right. And again, I don't, I don't know if that got me the job, but it definitely didn't hurt. So, you know, by making that impact early on, um, you know, I was fortunate to come back to the garden. Um, so yeah. it's been uh, another about a year and a half there before I um, went on with Globetrotters. Uh, you know, uh, th that was one of the events that, that I worked on over there. I, I worked in the sports properties department, which handled all of the uh, non Knicks Rangers Liberty, non team sports. Um, so, um, you know, moved on to, uh, to that. And then um, one of the, one of the shows we worked on was the Globetrotters. Uh, don't bet against them. They're pretty, pretty, pretty tight lock. Um, you know, to win every night. So, uh, but you know, they came to the building for a couple, a couple shows a year, and uh, you know, uh, just the the person I worked with over there was leaving, and she said, "Hey, you know, you're young. It's a good gig. You know, maybe you want to, you know, consider this." And at the time, I was, I was never going to leave the garden. There was no way you were going to get me out of there. I was going to literally die with the building. Um, right. And uh, you know, after kind of seeing the the opportunity, I thought it was, you know, what I'm young. I had the opportunity to travel around this, you know, this could be a cool experience. So, um, you know, decided to, to do that, um, to, was, was, you know, got the job with the Globetrotters, ended up, um, you know, going with them. That is a tough gig, you know, especially somebody with, with not as much experience. Um, you know, it's cause that's the thing, like you're, I think I was 22 at the time. And I just imagined the Globetrotters played at the Staples center, Madison square garden, right. you know, 
maybe you play a couple of the venues in the middle. They pay like 250 games a year. So really, um, I would have never you know, guessed that. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they have a, an unbelievable setup. It obviously works for them financially, um, but they play everywhere. I mean, they play from small high schools to colleges to everything in between. So you know, yeah, my, my mom my, saw them at a school and she like lost her mind. She was like, "It was the coolest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life." My mom's like not even into basketball, but the the Globe Trotters. She was like, "We gotta go. We gotta get the family together. We have to go see it." It was like extraordinary, and she's not even really like a big sports fan, so that's cool. Yeah, no, I mean it's a, it's a fun experience. It's 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 cool. Um, you know, it's funny. I've I've not taken my kids. Um, uh, I took my nephew um, when he was younger, but I I've I've a a seven and a four year old, and we have not been uh, just yet. But uh, it was a cool experience. But again, it was so. I mean, the travel is intense. Um, you know, you're doing so many shows you're trying to manage that. So again, from an experience standpoint, it was phenomenal because, you know, usually from a venue standpoint, you're working on one event, maybe a couple other shows come in or, or stuff like that. So it really showed me time management and also too, to, to go and see all of these different venues and see how they go about marketing the same event was invaluable for me at the time. So um, did that um, for a short period of time. And then we was fortunate um, that, um, the one of the shows that I was helping out with was um, right here at the Meadowlands uh, in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, as someone who grew up there, I mean, I'd, I'd gone to Devils games and, and uh, Nets games, and probably every every first experience I've ever had has been there. So, um, you know, for the, the, for the uh, kids who don't know, the Devils used to play right by Giant Stadium. For uh, exactly. a lot of people know, like the Prudential Center, but it used to be right across the parking lot. Yeah, it was no, the Izod uh, Center, correct? Is that what they called it? Correct. Yeah, it yep. was. Brendan Byrne Arena. Then it moved on to um, Continental Airlines Arena. Continental Airlines, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and and Izod is what it most recently was. Obviously right. now just uh, um, showing and, my age here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so again, as somebody who grew up there, and, and every, I mean, my first concert was there. Family shows and stuff like that. You know, we'd gone to the circus as kids. Disney on Ice. You know, I'd, I'd been I'd been there uh, so much, and they were actually looking for a marketing person and. Uh, um, you know, when I spoke to the person there, she was like, Oh, I wish you had sent your, you know, I wish I'd known sooner. Um, you know, we just hired someone. So I was like, Oh, I was kind of bummed out. I was like, Hey, listen, I'll actually, I'll send it along just in case something doesn't work out. And she was like, no, 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 we're, we're pretty locked in. We're good. A couple of days later, I, you know, fortunately get a call back and she says, why don't you just send your resume over? So I, you know, it turned Sounds out like the first guy didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the person didn't, didn't take the gig and, um, uh, I was fortunate enough to to end up going back there. So uh, went back there. Uh, you know, as, again, as somebody who grew up here, it was it was a phenomenal opportunity. Um, but it was also a great opportunity from from a marketing standpoint because it also included Giant Stadium. So you know, we had a theater set up, so we would do small shows like your you know Sesame Street Lives and that kind of stuff. So there's a small theater, obviously a full arena, and then uh, then Giant Stadium. So you're dealing with concerts that are eighty thousand people. So you know, from a marketing standpoint, it was great because you had these different levels of, um, you know, opportunity to, to work on different kinds of events. I mean, you right. know, to work on the Rolling Stones and, and so many phenomenal shows. They have Summer Jam every year. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was a great opportunity. Um, and then um, right before Prudential Center had opened, I got a, uh, an email from my, my eventual future boss. And it was very simple. It was one line. Uh, hey, you know, got your name. Would you be interested in working over here at Prudential Center? And I immediately thought, like, this is a setup. They're stinging me. They're trying to, uh, you know, because at the time that was going to be 
you know, the IZOD Center's biggest competition. So, yeah. um, so I simply just called them and said, you know, you know, flattered by the opportunity, but, um, you know, not sure it's for me. I, I ended up going there. We, you know, we, we chatted for a little bit and, um, you know, as soon as I, as soon as I walked into that building, I knew, um, you know, again, as a, as a marketing person, we, we'd like to think we're creative. Um, and, and I've been very fortunate, you know, working at Madison Square Garden, the Globetrotters, you know, Continental Airlines Arena, Giant Stadium, the Newark Bears, all had great history. You're making me miss um, live events like you would not believe, by the way, talking about all this stuff. Oh, I was picturing all these different places. <laughs> yeah, keep going, sorry. <laughs> no, no, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there. I can only imagine there. how you feel, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been obviously a, a weird ride, but, um, yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, walking in there, they didn't have seats yet. So, you know, here's a building that never had a, they didn't, they didn't have seats, they sure didn't have any traditions. So, you know, to be a part of something really from the ground up was, was a huge opportunity um, and ended up, was fortunate enough to get the gig there, went um, and worked there for the building opening. And then there was a little, um, you know, transfer from the, the Devils. I worked for AEG um, uh, from a building standpoint. So a couple of years into my gig there, it made the switch over um, to the Devils owning it and, um, then uh, that's really where I got into social media because uh, we were very fortunate to have a, a progressive president uh, who came in. Uh, Rich Creswick was you know, just a guy who's still ahead of his time, but uh, you know, he knew that we were spending too much marketing wise. Uh, and he was a part of the group up in um, Boston when, when Twitter was really coming onto the scene and Facebook uh, where they kind of pulled, I think all of their marketing dollars and focus on social media, the, the opportunity to correct, connect directly to the fan and market and sell directly to the fan. So, right. um, you know, we, you know, we came up with, uh, uh, an aggressive marketing plan to kind of switch over to social media. And, and that's where my role went from straight up marketing to, to really social media. And uh, I mean, I'll tell you one thing I, I, you know, all those places I were, we had the Facebook pages, we had Twitter accounts, we weren't using them to, you know, the right way that those, those accounts should have been used. Um, uh, but it wasn't until I kind of was like thrown into it and, and Hey, listen, we've got to be successful at this. This is, this is the way we're going to, you know, cut down on our marketing budget and, and reach our fans directly. So, um, we're just fortunate to have somebody who believed in us and, you know, we worked with a, a ton of people. Um, you know, we did a lot of crazy things, um, in the beginning to kind of learn it, but it was amazing. We were, at, at, I might get the numbers wrong, but I think we were the 28th most engaged team in hockey um out of 30 which obviously wasn't good before we kind of put together this program and then uh we we ended up becoming number one in a few years so that's so cool it, it was just it, it really was it was just a an awesome experience of being able to um you know kind of really dive into it and figure out like what works what doesn't work you know like what how does this how does this whole thing work and, and in fact we did something that was like super crazy at the time i remember it was like one summer night where we were all sitting around fairly late in the boardroom and uh, we were trying to come up with different ideas of, you know, how we were going to make this different. Like everyone has social media at this point, like how do we make it different? And, you know, everyone's throwing out different ideas. And one of them said like, why don't we just invite the fans in and like help us with our social media? They won't send any, they won't do anything, but just kind of be that like reckoning voice of like reminding people like this is stuff we like, like, right. you know, Martin Brodor gets a, or a, a dog, like people want to see that photo. Like th that's the kind of stuff where like 
that's what they should do. And we all laughed and we're like, okay, we started coming up with more bad ideas and more bad ideas. And finally we, we eventually circled on this and we're like, you know, Hey, I think we could actually make this work. So um, we ended up bringing in, we had 25 fans that, um, you know, we would meet with regularly and just kind of get some insight. And that was huge for us because, you know, instead of running it like a business, we ran it like the fans and we knew what the fans were interested in. So um, completely changed our mindset. Again, we, you know, we still had some goals, you know, we, we still were, you know, tremendously increasing our sponsorship dollars on our social platforms. We were selling more tickets. Um, You know, we were completing our business goals, but what we had people engaged, we were, we were, we were engaging with them first before we were asking them to spend money. So, um, you know, it was, it, it was a game changer for us. You know, we, we ended up obviously, you know, becoming the most engaged team in, in all of hockey. Um, and we were just, we were doing, we were doing it right. Um, and, and then, you know, fortunately for me, um, you know, after being there for, for some time, uh, the Mets were looking for their first social media person. Um, and uh, as a lifelong Mets fan, you know, to, to fill that role is, you know, been tremendous. And, and, you know, even through that experience has been much different. I mean, you know, mile wise, I think it's like 15 miles or something from the Prudential center to city field, but it's completely different worlds, you know, like a lot of the stuff I try to implement right away, you know, the Mets fans let me know that's not going to work here. So uh, (laughs) it really was learning the fan base and kind of getting an understanding for what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, obviously just different rules from, um, from, hockey to uh, baseball. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the same thing, you know, we've seen so many successes. We've seen that landscape change. My role has changed significantly in that amount of time as well. Um, So, you know, social media has definitely uh, changed. And I think that's, that's one of the things that draws people to it is just the constant, um, uh, you know, change the instant gratification of, of being able to, you know, engage directly with the fans. So you've been with the Mets now for seven years, since October 2013. Um, obviously, there's been a lot that has transpired in, in that time. I've always been a lifelong Mets fan. And uh, actually, last year, I applied to work at the Mets. And I think that one of the things that I want to do on this podcast is show that you can kind of just talk to people and have nuanced conversations without immediately going for the ass. So don't worry, this won't get weird. But this is a perfect example of how just two people can have a conversation about these kind of things. So, you know, for people like myself that are looking to one day work for the Mets, you know, I, I know one of the things that I, I talked about with uh, Kate who worked at the Mets, you know, was kind of, I needed to kind of boost my skill set a little bit and to be able to have, you know, multiple different outputs on different platforms. Um, so I feel like now I'm probably in, in better shape to potentially get a job one day, but you know, what are you guys looking for? And um, just for people that are kind of maybe frustrated by the application process, I would imagine you guys are inundated with people that want to work for you. So in short, how I do mean, you get a job for the Mets? And how many people make it awkward and weird for you when they ask you? <laughs> no, no, I mean, it, when you have the PowerPoint presentation with your resume and everything, that's probably when it gets weird. But uh, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, like, you know, specifically to, to the social media department, you know, we've been very fortunate that, you know, when we do post an opportunity, we get a ton of talent. Uh, you know, it's very hard to go through, you know, all of that and ensure that you get the right person. So, um, you know, we do, we take a lot of time. Fortunately, unfortunately, you know, fortunately for us, we get the right person. Unfortunately for the people who are, are applying, 
um, you know, it's like, I'm ready. You know, like my bags are packed, <laughs> get me in there. Um, yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, we, uh, we have a, an extensive process. It really depends. Like, you know, recently we've hired um, a videographer. Uh, we've also uh, added a graphic designer. Um, but even too, just from a social media standpoint, you know, we're looking for people with experience. There's a huge difference between someone who likes social media and somebody who understands like, you know, even to like, you know, I'm, I'm much older than the average person that, you know, utilizes social media and, you know, the hours, I mean, you know, if you think about it, like we're up early, like, you know, this morning, um, in addition to the fact that I have a family to take care of as well, um, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, you know, we're going through the content for the day. Um, cause it's not just the Mets, you know, we, we have the Mets, we have city field. There's a number, Mr. Met, there's a number of other accounts that we either run directly or, you know, work with, um, you know, people in the organization who are, who are more high profile. So, um, you know, I think it, it is kind of understanding, like, cause that's the thing, like everyone always asks like, Oh, what's your favorite? Like who's, who's doing it well? Like who else is, um, you know, doing well on social media. It's so subjective because I know what's expected from me internally and I know what the fans want. And it's my job to kind of balance that out of like, I can give you what you want fans, but I also have to keep my job. So, um, you know, yeah, I think Met, Mets Twitter kind of, can be kind of relentless at times. I've definitely seen that. Oh, absolutely. Mets Twitter yeah. in particular is, is a, it's the wild West out there. And you really like everything that you say, can and will be used against you kind of thing. I, I have a lot of empathy for you guys. Cause some people like it's their full-time job. You know, those people that don't work for the organization and their full-time job is talking about Mets baseball. It's pretty, you know, oh yeah. No, I mean, just from a market standpoint, you know, we have, I think there's nine beat writers. Um, you know, so we we're, we're obviously under much more scrutiny than, you know, some other teams in, in, in smaller markets, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, there, there's no question. Um, it's, it's a tough gig. So I think, I think that from, from that standpoint is like kind of really just understanding, like there are rules and regulations, you know, we, we have to, you know, obey by, and it also too, like, you know, our voice really has to echo who the team is. Like, obviously there's a number of teams accounts that are very funny and, you know, if the team loses, they can, you know, be a little bit more um, empathetic with the fans. Right. Um, you know, our fans don't want to hear that, you know, like mm -hmm. if we, this season, if we're not 60 and oh, you know, we're going to hear about it. Um, you know, the lineup goes out and, you know, immediately there's 10 comments of what other fans would do. I mean, the great thing is our fans are super passionate and they're, they're locked into to everything we do. Um, but obviously also too, it's just, you know, there's a lot there. So I, I think, you know, kind of understanding the hours, the amount of effort, um, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I truly enjoy it. I, as a Mets fan, I love it. Um, in fact, one of the things that I had brought up on my, my interview is, you know, I had my first child. And first thing I did was stick her in a Mets onesie and tweet it to the Mets. And I never heard back. And as a fan, you know, you expect a response. So I, pers I make it a personal vendetta. If I see a cute kid in Mets gear, you're at least getting a response or a like or something from the Mets. But, Absolutely. Um, you know, just knowing that like it just, it truly never sleeps. Like if I wake up, you know, at five in the morning, I can jump on and see what's going on, see what fans have said. I mean, just even as something as simple as a response or, uh, or, liking something is, is super important to just let fans know that we're here and we're engaging. So, um, you know, I think for someone who's, who's looking to join the organization, I think, especially from the social media standpoint is to fully understand like what this entails. Like it is, and not only that, but 
the hours are grueling. The amount of work we're going to do is grueling. Um, it, it, it truly is 365. Like we're doing this every day. Um, you know, and I think also too, just kind of realizing it's not as glamorous as, um, you're not you know, sitting around watching baseball. <laughs> yeah, no, there is, a, there is points of that where that does get to happen, but right. you know, that's for three hours a day, you know, three hours a day we get, but not only that, but you know, that's a good time for us to utilize, to kind of catch up on like, you know, planning ahead, being, mm-hmm. being, you know, having our ducks in a row when it comes to later on in the week. So, um, you know, in, in addition to engaging our fans at that time. So, yeah, I think it, it's super important to kind of understand that part of it. And um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely cool moments in the day and there's cool, um, I've, I've had so many great experiences of things that I've been able to do and been places that I couldn't even imagine being in, in my wildest dreams, but, That's crazy. Um, you know, just, um, it, it's, it's a ton of work. And, and I think also too, like, you know, just like you said, like, you know, this is, this is a great experience, you know, like having the experience of like, you know, we do a podcast with, um, you know, with, with our uh, vice president of alumni affairs, like, you know, so having that experience is huge for us. Like we, we tried expanding it into our minor leagues, um, again, just obviously with everything going on in the world, we, you know, we've had to make, um, you know, some adjustments as far as where we can divert resources. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's the, the one thing is like people can easily show us how they're going, you know, I, I've had people come in and they're like, I ran a, a Dodgers fan page and I put on podcasts and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's the kind of person we need. And e- even to like, yeah, you may not have 50,000 people, but if you've got 5,000 people and your engagement's pretty good and um, you know, you go through the, the effort and the work, like that's what we do on a regular basis. Like you at your, you know, 5,000, you know, people on a fan page, engaging with them every day, creating content every day. That's what we do. You know, that's the minor leagues. We're ready to, to move you up into the system and, 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 you know, get you into the organization. Absolutely. When I was a kid, I, just love the Mets jersey. You know what I mean? People are like, how did you become a Mets fan? I just, I've always loved orange. Meet the Creatives is actually like um, more or less like Mets orange. And um, I've always had a love for all the different graphic elements of the Mets. Not everyone would necessarily notice, but there have been so many variations of the Mets uniform. I'm kind of fascinated by that. You know, there was like the black uniform. There's now the blue uniform. They had with pinstripes, without pinstripes, with the name, without the name. Um, and there's, you know, Mr. Met. There's the, the kind of circular Mets logo. What are some of your personal favorite sort of graphic elements of the Mets? And how are you guys making decisions about, you know, what you're picking and choosing from, if that makes sense? Because there's so much to choose yeah. from, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that is the one thing, like, we obviously haven't been around, um, you know, tremendously long, but we do have a great history. Right. Um, so I, you know, I, there's so many things. I mean, obviously as, uh, as a traditionalist, I love the pinstripe, you know, Jersey. Um, I finally got one this year. Nice. I got it on Alonzo pinstripe Jersey. So it was good. I finally made it. I'm probably going to stain it, but I, I have one officially. <laughs> that is the one problem. Both my kids have pinstripe jerseys and we should have went blue. Because yeah. <laughs> between, you know, the mustard and the food, it just, yeah, it, it, we, we should have went with blue jerseys. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, you know, there's obviously the, the tradition to that, um, you know, which I, which I do love. I also do love the, the creative stuff. I mean, a couple of years ago, um, we did on Sundays, we wore 
the um, 86 with the, with the racing stripe down there. Um, you know, that was, again, I think from a, from a historic standpoint, like it was fun, you know, during the, it was, it was 2016 to celebrate the 86 team. Right. Um, so, um, you know, th that was just kind of, kind of fun. Um, you know, I, there wasn't too many I disliked. I, I mean, I'm, the, I was never really into the Snow Whites, the, the all white ones. And there was even a version of that that had like the white cap as right. well. Oh, those, those, not those a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I've definitely enjoyed, um, I mean, I, I, there's just something about it. It's definitely a classic look. Um, you know, I do like the simple stuff. I know, uh, you know, again, I think it was 2014. We did the Los Mets with the bright orange jerseys. Um, you know, I, I like them, but you know, not really a, a little too crazy for me. Um, yeah, yeah I again, I think, you know, it, 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 as somebody who grew up, you know, remembering the 2000 team and, and those early teams, like, yeah, there is something special about the black jerseys. And, and I, I read it every day from the fans on Twitter. Um, you know, but at the same time too, it's like, you know, the, the team has definitely evolved. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I like some of the direction we've gone with, with our, with our creative more, more recently. Um, and I think that's one of the fun parts about, you know, my role in social media is that like, you know, our, we have a really good creative team. We have a number of people who are, are, are contributing to that right now. And, um, there's just so much fun stuff. We actually worked with, um, a, a, an outside, um, uh, creative person for our spring training graphics. And it was just phenomenal. Like just being able to really mesh the, you know, hard New York, um, uh, history you know 60s 70s and you know bring it right up to today um and just um uh the you know like the graphics for our um you know preview graphics and pitching matchups and lineups and stuff like that like it, it, you know we we're able to have a lot of fun with being able to kind of lean on that history yeah absolutely I would imagine that you kind of have, there's sort of a, a balancing act because there's the nostalgia and what people want to, you know, get back to. Like for me, I have that same, like, you know, Mike Piazza wearing the black jersey kind of thing. But then as a designer and seeing the evolution of the jersey, I think that the Mets have really tried to make a more refined approach and kind of solidify the pinstripe jersey and then like the blue alternate and stuff like that. Um, it all kind of goes together in a much more coherent way and the black sort of seems random, but I would imagine that, uh, that a lot of times it's kind of hard to innovate in a space where people are so, they have so many memories around these sort of graphic elements. So, um, but I think where it is right now is really good, but I agree. Yeah. I'm going to leave you alone on the black Mets. <laughs> I, I agree with the fans on this, but these are my personal views. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's cool. You know, when I was growing up, I used to always love going to Shea Stadium, and now we're at City Field. I was actually there the very first day they opened up City Field. Um, there have been so many great memories. Shout out to uh, my friend's father, who's like a, essentially like a father to me, Vinny Fiorentino, and, and my friend Matt. We used to always go to games. We used to do the little barbecue underneath the overpass and go to Shea, and now, you know, going to City Field. Um, we don't go as much, but I... You know, when when this is all said and done and fans can go back to the stadium, I will be there all the time. I will never not make that mistake again. Um, but, you know, so many great memories. You know, I remember Carlos Delgado's uh, 400th career home run. That th it was a walk-off. That was so awesome. Um, so many times, you know, up in the upper deck with, like, Cowbell Man and stuff like that. And there's just all of these great moments and um, 
so many feelings and emotions that that come with it. I was actually away at college during the 2015 run, um, but I remember kind of jumping on the bandwagon there <laughs> at the end. Um, what have been some of your personal favorite memories with the Mets? And, um, you know, when you're looking back at the past and, and now and kind of continuing that legacy, what really stands out for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably the, the, the first thing is like going to your first game. Like, I, you know, yes. I couldn't tell you who, who you know, they played or whatever. I just remember going with my dad. You know, I remember eating till I got sick. Um, you know, the green grass, like that, that whole experience. Right. Um, obviously, hooking the you fan for zone. Remember yeah, I did the fan yeah. zone at Chase Stadium? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I vividly remember um, probably, I don't know, like 10 or 12. We went to a, um, a game. We sat out in the – like the left field, there were the bleachers. And mm-hmm. then it was like a um, like a barbecue area. Yep. Um, and we got there early. They were playing the Giants. And my cousin and I went with my dad. And um, uh, we ended up getting home run balls. So the first one, again, it bounced, tracked it down, boom, got it. You know, looked to see who was there. It was Matt Williams. So I have, you know, a a home run hit during BP from Matt Williams. And, um, you know, I was literally, you know, at 10, 12 years old, you're just literally enthralled in it. And then another one came and hit, and it rolled towards me, and I picked it up and I gave it to my cousin. And then we go and we look and see who it is, Barry Bonds. So it was like – Probably gave probably away. Probably should have on to that one. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> only one of those two. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think since starting there, um, you know, I've I've had so many really amazing experience. Um, obviously, 2015 was just um, phenomenal. Like, uh, you know, being able to travel with the team and and be in those locker room experiences when you know you're clinching to go to the postseason and then. Um, you know, in, in LA to move on and then in Chicago to go to the world series. Like those are, I, I'll never forget any of those, um, you know, by far, um, you know, I, some of the like more cheesy ones for me personally are in 2016, we clinched down in Philadelphia and uh, because it was close, like my family came. So, wow. you know, they were there at the game. Um, you know, my son was months old at this point. Um, but just, you know, to be, able to do my job and then leave the building and then, you know, soaked in champagne, go and see them, you know, uh, was, was great. And they must've thought you were so cool. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, dad, why do you stink? But, you know, uh, but yeah, it was just like, you know, for them to be able to be a part of that and experience that. And, you know, as somebody, you know, as, as I was a huge David Wright fan and, you know, spring training, introducing myself to him. I remember like he's walking in, I was like a little bit nervous and, you know, literally, I, I just started. I mean, we hadn't even played a game yet. I, I started in October of 13. It's now February of uh, 14. And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm Will. I do social media. here. He's like, I, I'm not on social media, but, you know, welcome. And, you know, I was just like, you know, dripping sweat of like, and he, he turned out to be like one of the nicest guys. Again, he's not, you know, he's not going to use social media. But, you know, anytime we ever needed anything, he was always awesome uh, to us. He always, you know, he was even to this day, like, you know, he's, he's truly been, uh, you know, great. He's, he welcomed me in pretty quickly, um, you know, to the team. So, you know, those, I mean, there's so many people that, that, that are in the office too, that have, that have been here for so long, like just being able to, you know, be around like Jay Horowitz and Lorraine Hamilton. And, and there's so many people who have been here for so many years who have so many experiences. Like I remember going as a fan and like 
seeing things like game production things and then you know now seeing like i work alongside of those people who, who are doing that so right. um, you know it just it, it's it's unreal and um yeah i mean there's so many i mean there's i i could i could probably go on and on of, of just how many <laughs> amazing moments i've had but yeah i would say those are probably two that stand out the most of uh you know meeting david for the first time and, and, and my family being a part of um us going into the, the postseason in 16. Yeah, and one of the things that I, and I think that this is really part of the reason why the fans love the Mets so much is there's really a humility within the Mets clubhouse um, from everyone on, on the team and, and even people, you know, um, if you show that you're passionate, you can kind of talk to anyone. My friend Matt is like an encyclopedia of Mets knowledge. I mean, I could watch every game and study every game and write, you know, fill out the card and Matt would still know more than me. He just has this encyclopedic knowledge of the Mets. And, you know, one day we were out, uh, I think it was at Shea, and, you know, uh, Gary, Keith, and Ron came out for a segment for SNY, and they were standing out there. And, you know, Matt just has, just has a passion and a love for baseball. And a lot of times, you know, that really opened up a lot of doors. And, and I would kind of live vicariously through that. But, you know, the next, the next thing you know, like Ron Darling's like leaning on like the, you know, the gate and like shooting the shit with my friend and talking about baseball. And, you know, we're sitting there with like Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling talking about baseball on a nice sunny afternoon and having this kind of like leisurely talk. And they walked away and we were like, wow. Or this other time, Matt tried his, uh, his Spanish out with, uh, with Pedro Martinez. You know, he was saying all like these like Spanish sayings. I didn't even know what he was saying. And then Pedro kind of laughed. And then um, my friend was kind of talking about he knew something from I, whether it was like his time with like the Red Sox or something like that. But he just knew something personal about it. And like he was like throwing the ball back and forth, like warming up before a game where he was starting in the game. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he and he was like talk maybe. I don't know. That's probably just the way my memory interprets it. But <laughs> in, in my mind, he was like about to go on the mound. Um, but so many great memories like that. And there's. You know, I'm always, I've always really been impressed with the the humility of, of the people on the team. And I'm trying to think if there's any other cool ones. Um, over the years, we got some laughs from, like, yelling over. The, we're the obnoxious kids that were, like, yelling over the dugout. So that's cool. Uh, in closing, uh, thank you so much for doing this. It's really been great. You know, what I really appreciated about you sharing today was kind of the, the, the nitty-gritty of the details of just how much – just how long it takes to climb the ladder. And um, that's one thing I'm really trying to get across on this podcast. You know, I want people to be enthusiastic about things and, you know, chase their dreams and stuff like that. But realize that, you know, it's so easy to see, oh, he's the head of social media. He must know somebody. It's like, no, most people in this industry work their ass off and it takes a really, really long time to get there and a lot of patience and humility and you know, like you said, like you were making those calls and stuff like that. And there are so many times where you were questioning it. Um, I think it's really, really great because, you know, people leave. They may have a degree in like sports marketing or something like that. They're like, why? I don't have the job yet. And um, I think that especially in this current environment, I think that you need to be tenacious and really hungry and really get after it. And I really appreciate you kind of going through detail by detail because a lot of people come on the show and they're like, and then, you know, and then they, so-and-so called, and I worked there. And, they, you know, they leave out the the grind. And I think that you really did a great job of highlighting that tonight. So I appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, mean, uh, yeah, I think that's <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's one of the, the things that's, that's um, you know, so hard is just 
you you know where you want to go um so you just want to get there as, as fast as possible right. and when you're living it every day and experience it you know i see so many people on you know twitter just saying like i'm waiting for the next opportunity wait for the, the like don't don't tweet about it like just you you've right. got to make it happen and that's that's one of the things i've you know i i will tell you right now i am not sitting in this role today because of, of what i did you know I've, I've been very fortunate that i worked really hard but i've definitely didn't do it alone i mean there's been so many people along the path that have that have helped me out um you know for whatever reason uh and that's why I, I still try to do that today just realizing you know i didn't you know i was fortunate to get that first internship at madison square garden but you know those people that i worked with and for um were looking out for me later on in my career to get me back there um and even to you know they those people were references for me in other opportunities um so i, I do I'll, I'll take the time and if i see that people are passionate and really want it um you know i'll definitely take the time i you know i'll, I'll set, especially now like I'll set up Zoom calls, um, you know, if, if people reach out. People you know, like myself. <laughs> just like yourself, yeah, you know, like, um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, you've got to put in the, the effort and you've got to make it, you know, happen. And, you know, again, yeah, you've got to get lucky along the way and get people to, to assist you. But, you know, there was someone who believed in me at each of those opportunities. And I firmly believe that, you know, I put in more than I could from a work standpoint. Um, so I set myself up for success, but, you know, it's just getting those people to, to kind of believe in me and, and say like, this is the right person for the job. And um, yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate. I, I've, I started at the garden, it was 2002. And now, you know, 18 years later, like I've been employed for 18 years and I haven't worked a day in my life. I mean, I've busted my butt, but I've, I've loved what I've done. I've, I've enjoyed it. I've learned. And I think each of those opportunities I've had has really set me up for the next one. And I firmly believe you're you're in the right place where you're you're in the exact spot you're supposed to be. Um, so again, like I think some of those you know hard luck situations where you didn't get the job or um, you know it felt like I, I should have got promoted or you know I, I something something should have broke the other way for me. Um, I firmly believe it, it just it set me up for this. I mean, that, you know, again, as a lifelong Mets fan, I love the organization. I, I've, I've I've enjoyed being there. Um, it, the job I have is challenging every day. It's changing a lot. Um, you know, so super fortunate. Um, but I didn't, you know, that, that old saying of like, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I am. So yeah, exactly. Um, there's no question, you know, it's definitely, it goes hand in hand. Thank you so much for doing this. You know, where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch? And uh, I guess if you want to work for the Mets, what's a, what's a good place to reach out to? Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, you can hit me up on, I'm on uh, all of the major social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Will Carafello, uh, C-A-R-A-F-E-L-L-O, uh, for those who need um, the spelling on it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, and, and the same thing, the Mets, you know, definitely check out what we're doing there. Take so much pride. I spend more time on the Mets channels than I do on my own. So, um, you know, really take a lot of pride. So definitely check out the Mets, uh, it, the same thing, Mets across the board, uh, you know, even, even further into the depths of the TikToks and, and, uh, uh, all of the other platforms as well. I'm not on TikTok, so. I follow uh, it. Don't worry. I, I did my part as a Mets fan. I'm, I'm following Mets TikTok so far. So good. You guys are doing nice. a great job. Yeah, no, we've, we've, <laughs> uh, we've really, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's different, you know, it's definitely, and that's the thing like with, the, with this role, it's, you know, things have changed as, as um, you know, platforms come up and expand and 
uh, I do remember Vine. I, you know, I've, I've been to the Vine office back Vine. in the day. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. That's cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I'll let you go five, five minutes early here. Perfect. Yeah. No All problem. Right. Thanks a lot, Rob. Take care. Bye. All right, you. Bye.